This is the OTP4D, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947. Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford. The OTP4D features me, Mike Keith, along with Titans Radio's Amy Wells and Rhett Bryan. Sort of a dark Monday. We haven't been through this in a while. It is not welcome. <laughs> I don't like it. I was used to the win streak, but you're right. I mean, you know, we've had some years where this would be a lot of Mondays like this, and I'm glad that there's not that many. But, yeah, it's much different than what we've done in the last six weeks. It's a little easier to shake out of the dark place, though, when you realize that we haven't had to do this a lot. It's easier to shake it off and move on. All right, let's see how well you shake it off, Amy Wells, because you're starting first on first down your play that turned the game yesterday in the Titans' loss to the Houston Texans, 22-13. to It's got to be the third quarter. You know, the Texans started the second half with the ball. They put together a substantial drive, but the Titans were finally able to get the stop, get them off the field. I mean, the Texans burned, what, seven minutes off the clock in that first drive, but they're punting the ball. Chester Rogers goes to catch it and... I couldn't 100% see what happened because I was on the opposite side of the field. But essentially, he muffs it. That's what happened. Well, he was trying to block the guy who was there to down the ball. And while he was trying to do that, he got lost and the ball hit him in the ankle. Yeah. So it hits his foot, which, you know, counts as him touching the ball. So then it's recovered by Houston on the Titans' five-yard line. So the Texans have possession of the ball. They're right by the end zone. They're able to two plays later go in and score. They make it 19 to nothing. So it's a three-score game. And the Titans just, any wind that could have been in their sails was just sucked right out of it. That was actually going to be my number one choice as well for this reason. If you get the football back at that point, 12 nothing, even at your own six, seven-yard line, then you're in a position at that point where you can still really run the ball. You can run your whole offense. The Titans were running the ball pretty well. Yep, you have options. You have options. They ran the ball in the first half 16 times for 83 yards. And then if you're running the ball, you can do play pass. Suddenly, uh, you're down 19 to nothing. And now the run game, because of how the possessions have gone and how much time they've taken off the clock, and you're down three scores, Suddenly, the run game outside of an occasional handoff is off the table, and you've got to drop back and throw almost every down, which is not what the Tennessee Titans do, particularly with the group of receivers that they had available. And it's pouring down rain. Right. None of those things are conducive to having to throw the ball a bunch. So it was just there were so many bad things that kind of all came out of that one just bad thing that happened and it it made things an uphill climb for the titans going forward all right so while i think of my second choice for my play that turned the game we go to rhett bryan are you having to go to a second choice as i am well? but i i want to confirm the uh the timeline of this <laughs> amy because... wells doesn't get to go first Wait, anymore. So i took no. rhett's and now he's fact checking well, me mine, just to too. make sure no, he's no. coming up with another one <laughs> yeah Mine comes with 7.53 left in the fourth quarter since you took the first one. But I think we're all right is that, you know, that was the obvious one. But 7.53 left in the fourth quarter, the Titans are knocking on the door. And Dontrell Hilliard fumbles. 
It's recovered by Anthony Ferkser in the end zone, and all of a sudden, it's a 19-13 game with seven, just a little over seven and a half minutes left in the ball game. And you think, okay, you know, they've had a million turnovers. Maybe they have a chance. So, you know, if you're looking at it from a positive angle, that's what I would pick. But the Chester Rogers with the the punt on the left ankle, yeah, that's where it's at. The KMU Grugier Hill 82-yard interception is one that you have to say. I mean, you're you're sitting there on the last play of the first quarter, third down and six at their 18. You're in the red zone where you, the Titans, have been awfully good this year. Incomplete pass, you're kicking a 36-yard field goal. It's a tie game at that point. And then it's kind of game on. If it's 3-3, I think if, if at any point the Titans get that thing even, I think it changes the whole flow of the game. Instead, it not only eventually gave them three points on the 82-yard interception return, but it was momentum. Every one of these moments was momentum. I could cite the fourth and two penalty on the first series at their 35-yard line. The Titans jump off sides and now have to punt instead of going on fourth and two, which statistically shows they would have made it if you if you follow the stats. And if they had, if they go down and kick a field goal or take the lead with a touchdown, it's a different day. Tennessee never at any point in the game was able to gain any momentum from a moment. Everything that was going to go the Texans' way did. Yeah, you're right. It's them a Murphy's be- Law game. Yeah, and it, it gave them belief and it gave them interest. And more importantly, it gave the Texans the ability to keep playing the game in the way in which they wanted to play it. Mike Vrabel saying on his press conference earlier today, their longest pass was 13 yards. You weren't going to get a lot of pass rush on Tyrod Taylor when he's not holding the ball. Right. You know, I mean, that's just what it came down to. I mean, they they weren't exactly throwing it wildly all over the field. But to the Texans' credit, they made the game what they wanted it to be. And by the way, this is no surprise, but the wheels on Ryan Tannehill in pursuit after Grugier Hill picks him off, that was that was something else. I mean, he, he hit a gear right there. Now, I was scared he was going to get hurt, but – he closed in nicely. Yeah, I don't want him making many tackles. No, no, no. No, I don't want I was glad Hilliard ended up making that tackle. Yep. All right, so second down, your stat that tells the story. So yours won't get taken. Rhett Brian, you get to go first. It's 52 pass attempts by the quarterback and in the rain. I mean, I heard Mike Vrabel talk to you about it in postgame on Titans Radio, and, and he's right because that tells you where things went sideways, the separation of the score, the turnovers that created that and that you had to do that and you had to go away from a decent day of running the football, especially since this is the decent day that you've had without a Derrick Henry and you've had to do it by committee. And you just, you know, in the conditions that they are, it just didn't work out. He took mine. He did. Yeah, which is fine, right? That's you the most him. passes ever for Tannehill, right? The most I believe attempts. that's right, yeah. yes. And the Titans are not built, especially at this moment, to drop back and throw it every down. No, they're not, especially when you have A.J. Brown not on the field, when you don't Marcus Johnson. have Marcus Johnson, you don't have Julio Jones, you don't have so many of your targets who are consistent targets, and it's pouring down rain. I don't think that we can oversell how terrible the conditions were, especially to be passing the ball like that. So I think that, yeah, that is ultimately the stat that tells the story. But I will also throw in that, 
the Titans having 420 total yards says to me that there is a shining light in all of this. It's oh, I shining do, light. Yeah, shining light. Beacon of light in a dark storm. That's what I'm going for. It, it's not that they couldn't do anything. They just couldn't complete the drives. Right. It, it's not that they weren't moving the ball. It's not that they weren't making plays necessarily or being productive. They just weren't finishing. It's like the Jets game. It's the exact yeah. same thing that yeah. happened in the Jets game. And I hate to say that because that was just such a But they sad... did move the ball. Yeah. yeah. And they and they ran the ball. Yeah. It's I mean, not they that they were the ball, ineffective. Right. They ran the ball in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, they had some some sort of um some rhythm for a change in the run game, but you know, once it was nineteen nothing, that was out the window. And there's nothing you can do. Mine but, yeah. is zero takeaways. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the other team had five takeaways. If you get one, one in the pouring down rain, if you knock somebody loose of the ball or you tip a pass that's intercepted, and they tipped several passes, one takeaway might have turned that game around because, I mean, let's think about it. The majority of the Tannehill picks and the problems came later in the ball game. You know, they were they were already – behind 19 to nothing when they had just turned the ball over two times. So if at any point you get one takeaway, you might not be throwing that much down the stretch. You might not be going through all that. I mean, this defense has to get takeaways, and they've been doing it. That's the stat that tells the story to me yesterday is the defense didn't have any takeaways against the team that has had some issues with takeaways. What, they have four turnovers against Miami before the box? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, third down. Your area that the Titans have to get fixed. Amy's first. Well, Mike Keith, that's a great transition because mine was the turnovers and both the ones that you're giving up and the ones that you need to create. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has got, and the offense overall, it's not just on him, but they have to figure out a way to not have four interceptions in a ball game. I mean, that's just, it's too many. It's too much. Same with fumbles. I mean, only one was recovered by the Texans, but ball security is a really big deal. You've got to maintain possession of the ball. I mean, minus the one that kind of squeaked forward and into the end zone for a touchdown. That was a happy accident. But other than that, you've got to... Ben Jones saved you at one point, too, on a a sack fumble. Yeah, I mean, you've got to maintain possession of the ball. You've got to keep it safe, and that needs to be a priority for the Titans going forward. But on the other side, the defense needs to be creating those turnovers. That's a way that they can contribute. It's a way that they can help in a way that they can help the Titans kind of dig out of the hole that they kind of gotten themselves into on offense. Well, very easily, the Titans could have had eight turnovers in the ballgame. Right. Very easily. And that goes mm-hmm. back to my point. The Titans weren't ever really close mm-hmm. to taking the ball away from the Texans. That, I mean, that just can't happen. Nope. Okay. It's something that needs to be fixed. So I'm reiterating second down. Rhett, let's <laughs> go back to third down, your area that the Titans have to get fixed. Well, and it piggybacks off of Amy's turnovers. Because you had those turnovers and they were in critical spots and that led to a score separation, but you still had a lack of explosive plays. You had one shot play to Nick Westbrook-Akina for 46 yards, and that was later on. And it, but this is this is something that wasn't just a result of or or a, a 
what has happened in this game with the Texans. This number has started to dwindle since you lost Derrick Henry. You've right. got to find a way to get shot plays back into this because you've got to be able to get chunk plays for new sets of downs. Like the Jets game. They didn't get those in the Jets game. It is a hard league. I don't care who the opponent is. It is a hard league to drive and drive and drive and drive. It's just hard to do. You need short fields and you need big plays and, and you know, Either through a punt return or a takeaway, you need something to happen that gives you easy scoring chances. It is a brutally hard league to do this. It just is uh, because you have so many good players on the other side. I mean, if you're going eight and six and three and seven, eventually somebody's going to get you or a penalty's going to get you or something is going to happen. I think that's a really good point. Uh, for me, the area that the Titans have to get fixed is don't get behind. Don't get behind. And especially coming up in this game this week, they need to be able to stay right in the ball game to where they can play complementary football. Cliche, fine, say what you will. But where this ball club is right now, to have a chance to win this game on Sunday, barring that the Patriots turn it over eight times or you have three kick returns for touchdowns, I'm saying just a straight-out normal game. The Titans are going to have a hard time winning this football game if they can't keep it in check to where they can run the ball, to where they can take advantage of special teams, to where they can get off the field on third down, and all the other things we've been talking about, they can't fall behind right now with the situation they're in. They could when A.J. and Julio and Derrick Henry were there. You could come back. This group is going to have a much harder time doing it because you just don't have the firepower. To go win this game this week, they need to be even or at least within one score. Obviously, a head would be even better. All right, fourth down. One thing that you noticed and wanted to share. Rhett Bryant. It goes back to the 82-yard interception return by Grugier Hill, and then we saw it again and again and again, and every time something like that took place or Tyrod Taylor runs a touchdown, and you just sense the life breathed into the Texans I mean they're already and coming into this the film didn't lie they were playing for David Culley they were playing with a purpose they just couldn't get out of their own way in some places they saw a shot of energy every time one of those things happened and it went exactly the way they wanted because of those things Mine is, I think you can tell that I spent the entire game standing in the rain because I have a lot of thoughts about it. I was very impressed by the Titans equipment staff and operations crew during the game because you didn't get a lot of heads up. We knew it was probably going to rain that day, but it was drip, 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 and the rains came down. Didn't have a lot of time to prepare and kind of get everyone switched around to uh, rain gear and different gloves and different cleats and all of the things that people are kind of changing in the pouring down rain and they were spot on the first couple of drips raincoats were coming out and people were moving and things were being dried they had towels that were constantly going in front of heaters they were in constant motion for the entirety of the game trying to give this team the best chance that they could to have everything that they need so they could play the game I was very impressed by just how efficient they were in helping this team do everything that they could to play on the field. For me, it was Dontrell Hilliard's 147 total yards. 
And I wonder in the disappointment of yesterday if the Titans didn't find the element they had hoped to get from Darrington Evans and have not gotten the last two years because of injury. Dontrell Hilliard's an interesting dude. He's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He went to Scotlandville Magnet School in Baton Rouge, and which is obviously a good high school. And then he went to Tulane. He's kind of a record-setting guy at Tulane. He's run a 4-4-2 before, so he has really, really good speed, like Darrington Evans does. More speed than some of the other backs who've played in that situation for the Titans at different times. He ran it well. He caught it and did things with it. His kickoff returns, he had one that I thought he might break right there. I wonder if Dontrell Hilliard, in spite of all the disappointment of yesterday, might have found himself a role with his football team. And I'm going to be interested to see if things develop for him because they, even when Henry was there, they were looking to add a speed element in the backfield. And again, that was supposed to be Darrington Evans. And maybe in 2022, it will be. It's not going to be right now from Evans. So maybe this is the guy they have found to help them in this way. They've obviously got some decisions that they've got to make about a lot of roster spots going forward with more injuries on the horizon, unfortunately. Getting closer to that 84 record. Feels like it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it I does. mean, because it feels like they're going to have to call up a wide receiver or I don't know. Golly, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, but it how, is crazy. How ironic is it that you're talking about Dontrell Hilliard like this with 147 yards from scrimmage? To the place where they're going to play in Foxborough. That's exactly a Patriots kind of move and finding someone who can do all of these, a multi-tool player who can help pitch in. Well, most of our OT people will remember the season opener, Cleveland, in 2019. There was a back that gave the Titans all kinds of trouble in the first half before leaving with a concussion. It was Dontrell Hilliard. Yep. Yep. And he ran a punt back. He caught a couple of passes. He ran for a touchdown. They got him involved, and the Titans didn't quite know what to do with him because he had a lot of speed. And then he was gone, and the Titans took over the game and obviously blew him out in the fourth quarter. But it was Dontrell Hilliard who was that guy who made it very interesting in the early going. And now he played for Cleveland and Houston last year. He's come here. We'll see if he can work his way off the practice squad. We will find out. I don't know. It's New England next, and there's certainly going to be a lot to talk about with that. Uh, We look forward to hearing Mike Vrabel and what he has to say about that. We also look forward to letting you know that tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central time, over all of the Titans streaming areas, what would you say, social, digital, wherever, Titans, platforms, platforms Mm -hmm. is better, TennesseeTitans.com, we'll be streaming the finalists for the 2021 Tennessee Titans Mr. Football Award winners. Always exciting. Yeah, so we'll get Great moment for these young men. So the three finalists will be named, it'll be cut from five to three tomorrow night. Those three will be invited to Nissan Stadium on December 7th for the Tennessee Titans Mr. Football Awards Luncheon where we will announce the winners at noon central time. Again, that's on December 7th. But Tuesday night at 7, we stream it live at TennesseeTitans.com and on our, I guess, Twitter and Facebook and everywhere we stream. Nailed it, Mike. Thank you. Yep. I'm working on that. (laughs) For Amy Wells and Rhett Bryan, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for joining us for the OTP 4D. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history, greatness is made.
avez 